0: So we just want to open with prayer and however you pray, whether you lift your head to heaven or you bow your head, folded hands, open hands, hands lifted. We just want to say to you, God, how grateful we are to be together, both online and in person, to gather around the table to share a bit of faith and hope and love this morning. We're so grateful for people who prayed a body prayer. Getting out of bed, getting in the car, and walking in the door. You already see us, and we are beloved. We are your own. And so on this day, God, we pray that we would have A heart that's open, a mind that's curious and thoughtful, to join these bodies that we brought in to pray. So come, Holy Spirit, and breathe fresh wind and breath and give us the ability to know you in ways that we've never known you before. So now at the table, whether we are coming forward as a sign of our intention to move toward you, or we go to the back to receive the elements to say, God, I need to be alone with you today, we open the way to be with you.
1: We invite you to pray with us in the all section.
2: At the corner of justice and kindness, Jesus came, our brother of hope and grace. When the kingdom dismisses us, we are welcome to build God's kingdom. When others would toss us
1: overboard, he reaches out to pull us to safety. When, when the forces, forces of, of sin and, and death, death threatened threaten to overcome us, Christ has already overcome their power once, once and for all,
3: through, through his death, death, and, and resurrection.
2: resurrection. As we gather at this table for communion today, we will welcome the Holy Spirit in our hearts, even as we proclaim our faith. Christ has surrendered his life, following his call to the very end was, was raised,
0: raised from the, the
2: dead, dead to life, and will, and will return, return to take, take us home. home. Here at the corner of fears and doubts, we come to your table, where the Spirit blessed the bread and cup, and blesses all those who are in this place.
1: The bread, the bread is, is the gift of life, sending us to, to plant gardens and, gardens and wastelands. wastelands.
2: To, to offer, offer a bouquet of, of faithfulness to, to
1: the, the lonely.
2: The cup,
0: the
1: cup is a promise of hope, which we would share, will share with all
2: who
4: wander in despair. despair.
1: On the night Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with his friends to celebrate the Passover meal. He took the bread and broke it, saying, This is my body broken for you. He took the cup, raised it, and said, This is a new covenant in my blood with my in my blood poured out for you. We, we are, are all invited, invited to, continue to continue in, in this tradition, tradition
2: of, of eating and drinking, and drinking in remembrance. remembrance.
1: So together we say, and you can repeat after me. Jesus, Jesus we, we remember, remember you. you. You are invited to join us up front to be served or made take communion from the table at the back
5: while we continue to receive communion I want you to lift up your prayers you and can there's bring them up. room
0: here on this side for anyone on that side like to come for over communion. to receive communion there's a space here room for you beautiful
5: Anyway, I just would invite everyone to just kind of consider a prayer that you might have this morning. There's some that uh, have been written on notes. You'll notice there's some sticky notes near you. You can bring up your own prayer request and uh, we can agree together around those things. I've got several here. We're going to pray together if this is new to you here, but also uh, right where you're at, just... Consider the prayer thoughts and needs you have. And we want to just agree with you and bless you in that. So today, Lord, we pray for this child who hopes to get to see their grandma and grandpa. Jesus.
0: Lord, in your mercy,
5: you hear, you our, hear prayers, our prayers. Lord. We pray for safety today for Tyler As he's running a half marathon in San Francisco. Lord, in your mercy, you
0: you hear hear our prayers.
5: prayers. We pray for Crossroads Church and all the families and individuals that are a part of it on this day. Lord, in your mercy, you hear hear our prayers. Prayers for children and our grandchildren. So, God, even now, for all the children and grandchildren in this place, online, Those that aren't able to be here today, God, families that have children in other parts of maybe the community or in other parts of the world, we lift them up to you, God. Lord, in your mercy, you hear hear our prayers. prayers. Prayers for those with addictions. We pray, God, for this in particular request of rescue from addiction for a family. God, so we break the power of all addictions and release your goodness and blessing and pray, God, something remarkable to happen in the midst of that family and for any of us that are struggling with addiction. Lord, in your mercy, you hear our prayers. And we pray today, God, for the graduates of the School of Spiritual Direction, and we bless them, and we bless their future and all they put their hands to. Lord, in your mercy, you hear our prayers and now God we hold all the prayers on our hearts the things that are thought some things that maybe someone's too timid to write something down but it's a very real need God we pray you know all of those things and we pray that you would move into those spaces in our lives with your power your grace and your goodness we pray for a release of the Holy Spirit into each one of our households. And we pray, God, your provision in every way. You are Jehovah Jireh, God. We receive that in the wonderful name of Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, you
3: hear our hear our prayers. Well, friends, don't stop greeting one another, but our kids have an amazing day upstairs in Kids Church. And we also want to pray for our offering together. And for our friends at home, uh, if you you feel like you didn't get said hello to yet, we say hello to you and how grateful we are that you're with us today as well. We know you felt it anyway. But let's pray, guys. Let's pray for our kids, and let's pray for our offering today. This thing that we do together to ensure that the work of Crossroads continues both here and throughout the world. So, God, we are so grateful for our kids today, and we ask, God, that you would bathe them and their teachers in love today and let them experience that in such a great way. How grateful we are for those teachers and volunteers and how grateful we are for the children of this church, this region, and the world. God, we pray your blessing on them. And, God, we pray for this offering today, knowing that it goes towards the work of children and adults in Food Pantry and Haiti and all the needs of this people, and the people of our region, and as many as we can reach in the world. So God, we pray, and we thank you for all that it's doing, and all that you're doing in us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Kids and parents, you are free to go upstairs, and if you're able to give into the offering, there's baskets up front. And as always, you can give at ccmonline.org slash give if that's easier for you.
4: God, we thank you that your voice is the loudest and quietest voice we hear. God, we thank you that you come with us in the brightest and the darkest places. God, that you meet us today where our feet are right here in this room. We pray your mercy, your joy, and your love for all of us here today. Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. So good to be with you all here today at Crossroads. Um, And I just want to tell you a little bit about how you can connect relationally, how you can grow personally and spiritually, how you can serve in our community here if you're interested. First of all, if you're new, we're so glad you're here. You're wanted and you're welcome. And thank you to all my friends who are new with the Spiritual Direction School. We're so happy to have you here. If you're interested in learning more about Crossroads, we have a couple ways for you to connect. The first is there's going to be a Next Steps kiosk back there. You can come by, and we'd just love to hear how you found Crossroads. We'd love to give you a free gift um, and let you answer any questions you might have. Um, If you don't want to talk to a person today, you can follow the um, QR code, especially if you're online. Um, And it's just a, like, reflective quiz um, asking what you might be interested, how you got here. Um, and giving you some options for other ways you can connect with us here at Crossroads. And we wanted to let you know that um, we're having a discovery retreat, November 18th. um, And what we're discovering is, what do you want? We're going to spend three hours hearing from God through the lens of our own desire. What is it that you want? When was the last time where you slowed down for three hours to identify the way that God is speaking to you through your desires? And we wanted to let you know that childcare will be provided in the nursery. So if you have young kids, we would love to support you in that way. And then separate from that um, we are thinking about what a retreat community could look like here at crossroads as we have exited the pandemic we are looking for um, new ways um, to be in a cohort experience together um, we used to do two-year retreat communities scott and claire have nine-month retreat communities They've been overnight. They've been so many different things. And so we just want to know what people want. <laughs> um, so if you would want to talk to me about, if you're interested in a community like that, um, how we can best serve you, your family, your current needs right now, we would love to do something that works best for our community right now. And then um, on November 19th, which is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, um, we're going to deck the halls here at Crossroads. We invite you to stay after church. There's and gonna be clean pizza. the walls. Yeah. Yeah.
0: deck the halls and clean the walls.
4: Yes. So whether you care more about the fun decorations or the functioning reality of the church's hygiene, you can participate. You actually get to sign up for which team you want to be on. Stacy is in charge of the decorations and the fun, and I'm the cleaning person. So, <laughs> don't choose based on that. Choose on what you want. But, um, we would love to hang out. And if you could just serve our church in this way, we would greatly appreciate it. And then we have a huge weekend, um, the weekend of December 2nd and 3rd. And we just wanted to put it on your radar. If any of these things are things that speak specifically to you, we have a men's breakfast. We have a financial holiness course that Pastor Scott is leading coming out of our Abundant Life series. If you have questions about your personal finances, how you can have more flow in your life, this is a great place to discuss that with people from the church, and then child dedications and experiencing Crossroads, which is our place to ask questions and learn about the values of the church, what makes us who we are, um, and to ask any questions that you have. So that's what hap- what's happening at Crossroads, and I want to invite my dear friend Kelly Finn up. Um, Kelly is one of my goodness of God friends, and I'm so grateful for all the ways that she has shown me how to be humble um, and led with her own form of mercy and grace. So she's going to read, um, a little bit about her journey here to Crossroads, um, from her blog, Healing What Hurt Me.
0: Welcome Kelly, everybody. You got me crying over here. Thank
4: you for (laughs) those
2: tears, that's always helpful to start with. Um, (laughs) It's good to be with you all this morning. So I'm just going to read a piece that I wrote a number of months ago, and it's partially about my journey coming to Crossroads. So my first really big encounter with God was somewhere around eighth grade on a retreat where we watched the Passion of the Christ, a very casual start to my faith journey. (laughs) (laughs) I felt deeply the presence of God in my life at that moment, and I was just overcome with emotion. I couldn't believe that someone could love me that much. My teenage years were filled with campus ministry and youth group, and I was pretty obsessed with knowing everything I needed to know about being Catholic. I read and I read and I read. I absorbed as much as I could in school, and I threw myself into that piece of my identity. If you know me, you know I can be pretty extreme at times, and so I lived and breathed being Catholic as who I was. That period of my life brought so much joy and love, knowing that God was transforming my life. But it's probably pretty telling that my faith journey began in a really intense way, watching the Passion of the Christ, and remained pretty intense all along. Intensity doesn't always breed stability, and so eventually my faith would come crashing down and begin to crumble in also a really intense way. Just in the same way that I felt God so strongly as a middle schooler, I very quickly spiraled into a place where I didn't feel God at all and essentially threw away my faith as an important part of my life. Most of that was due to immense grief and suffering that I was experiencing. But I was also 18, so it's probably okay to give myself a break on that one.
4: <laughs>
2: Last year, I read I Guess I Haven't Learned That Yet by Shauna Niequist, and she shared that at a time in her life, it felt like everything that used to work stopped working all at once. That's precisely how I felt about my sense of faith. It worked for so long, and then it didn't. In 2021, God called me back. I found a church community, this one, That really felt like what Christianity is supposed to feel like, I think. Full of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and real relationships. I never thought this would happen. Since the time my faith started to shake, I didn't think that it would ever become a part of my life again. I thought that I had moved on from God, and frankly, I thought God had moved on from me. These past two years have been full of reconstructing a faith that works. I remember when Clarence Scott spoke about deconstruction and reconstruction on a Sunday, and it was literally the first time in my life that a faith leader was honest about the fact that your faith changes. That's actually quite normal and probably pretty healthy. If your faith looks exactly the same in all seasons, you might be missing something. This thought was so freeing to me. I realized for the first time that I had an opportunity to figure out who God was in my life right now for this version of Kelly. In fact, my faith isn't broken. It was there all along. It was just buried under the weight of pain. And that little seed of faith needed a loving community and a sense of safety to come out from under the covers and be in the light. Over the last couple years, I feel God's presence in my life again after about eight years of feeling completely separated. The difference this time is that it feels real. I'm no longer obsessed with my relationship with God. I'm not approaching my faith from a place of obsession. It's a healthy, steady, real, authentic, honest relationship. As I've grown and matured, I've realized that it's okay to be honest with God about my life, my flaws, and my suffering. I don't have to hide. God is all-knowing, all-loving, ever-present, and nurturing. I don't need to hide. This version of my faith feels like it's authentic to who I am. I don't need to put on a show. I'm loved exactly as I am. Growing up Catholic gave me a lot of gifts. I appreciate and honor the deep tradition and the practices in the Catholic Church. But I also think growing up in this way locked me into a box that I had to let myself out of. I fully believe that there are a lot of amazing, rich practices that the Catholic Church and all faith traditions can teach us. But I also think I was raised in a tradition that was so restrictive and so punitive that sometimes it really failed to see people to really see me. At some points in my life, I felt like I had to squeeze myself into this mold that I didn't fit into. It felt like leaving was the only option. I see now that being locked into this box was actually keeping me from a more authentic relationship with God. I realize now that in order for faith to work, whatever practices I'm participating in need to help bring me closer to God, not farther away. Diving back into my faith feels like I'm such a beginner all over again. It feels like I have a lot to learn. But this time I'm trying to be gentle with myself in that process. I don't want a faith that I'm forced to run away from because I feel out of options. I want to remain connected to a God who I know loves me and cares about me despite all of my flaws. I'll leave you with one of my favorite quotes from Glennon Doyle's Untamed destruction is essential to construction if we want to build the new we must be willing to let the old burn the building of the true and beautiful means the destruction of the good enough in this season i'm learning what it means to be a person of faith and a person who trusts god with her life again in order for this new faith to be born again i've had to be willing to let the old go what is being built is more beautiful than I could ever imagine.
0: So that'll make you happy that um, Kelly serves our church as the church activator. Did you know that? The, the, the activator. And, um, and she also serves uh, the students at, um, at Albion College as the assistant dean of students. And so you can imagine that a person like this is going to bring a presence to the world that is not this or that, but maybe we just are being reformed and born again. Again, you know, we've had um, people tell us their stories of leaving us and going uh, and becoming Catholic in order to revitalize their faith. I just want to say just revitalize your faith, yes. right? Find God. In all things. And where your soul finds a home, be home. Right? The great saints teach us we don't look for God out there. We look for God here. We go inside. Jesus said it this way. He said, go into your room, shut the door, and pray. It wasn't talking about a closet. Right in here. Go into your inner room and pray. And get to know me in a way that can revitalize, or as my dad would say, rejuvenate from the latin word juvi which means to make young again because in our house everything came from latin not greek i'll give you a minute so what i want to say to you is allow your faith to be made young again wherever you are and the way that we do that is by practice making permanent can y'all say practice makes permanent yeah this is the beginning of a series and this day, we're going to talk about spiritual friends. Transformation requires your intention and attention. Practice makes permanent. I didn't? Everybody, let's hear it for Hannah. I get by with a little help from my friends. Woo! Okay. Sing it. I get by with a little help from my friends. Sing it again. Come on. I get by with a little help from my friends. Do you need anybody? I need somebody to love. So anyway. Would
3: it be anybody? I just
0: need someone to love. So you, you can imagine that our dinner table, uh, all of our lives, we didn't talk to each other. We sang to each other. But we want to create space for practice to make permanent. We want to bring intention to our spiritual lives. You know, there are, there are ways we can do that. There are ways that practice can make permanent. You have neuropathways. You already have a set path of the way you do things. How, how's that working for you today? Just ask yourself, how's that working for me? Because if I actually bring some intention to my attention, start a new practice... I can create some new neural pathways that are going to save my soul. Amen. Amen. So you're going to get this card at the end. The Quakers have done a beautiful job of telling us about spiritual friendship and the ways that we can be in relationship with others that are not perfunctory. They are not, you know, they're not your bowling buddies, but they might be. They're not your, you know, your uh, bunko buddies. What is bunko? I don't know. But they might be. But they are people who actually call you to your best self, your self made in the image of God. As Kelly said, her friends did for her. They called her to be herself. The invitation to spiritual friendship is, how is it with your soul? And what's it like to be you right now? Go ahead, ask somebody near you. How is it with your soul? What's it like to be you right now? you're all afraid. Go ahead. Just listen. You don't have to answer, but the question can actually follow you around, right? If we practice spiritual friendship regularly, we're not shocked at what that question reveals. If we're regularly in spiritual friendship, we're not shocked. Soul keeping is up to God, but intentionally presenting our souls to God is both an inside and a community job. So we said, go in your room, and then get out of your room and invite somebody into your life. Amen. All right. Come on, y'all. You awake this morning? Practice makes permanent. Parker Palmer said, We often discover that we've been short of breath beside ourselves and lost connection with our true selves. Born whole as infants, we experience the full range of human emotions. So, soon we discover it's unsafe to express true feelings. Can I get an amen? or we'll be disliked or marginalized. So we get divided, and the false self emerges to protect us, and this is known as the divided self. Jeff Crosby, in Language of the Soul, gives some divided life symptoms, both extremes busyness and lethargy, situational depression, endless ruminating on conversations. That has never happened to me. A sense of not measuring up. Defensiveness, also not one of the things I have a problem with. And the absence of patience and kindness. We can see that we're we're divided or we're living in our false self when any of these things, these symptoms start to show up. But practice can make permanent. Rich Velada says, Focusing on God while failing to know ourselves deeply may produce an external form of piety, but it will always leave a gap between appearance and reality. This is, a, this is dangerous to the soul of anyone. And in spiritual leaders, it can also be disastrous for those they lead. Don't you dare say amen. <laughs> and we see this in our world. We see the things that have shown up in the church that have grieved us deeply over the years. And we say, maybe it was they divided themselves and they were not whole. So core questions that should never go away, that can keep us whole and holy are, what's it like to be you right now? How's your life working for you? Are you living your best life? And as St. Ignatius Loyola would say, are you finding God in all things? Jesus had a core question in Mark, didn't he, Samuel? Who do you say that I am? That's like one of the best questions for a Monday and a Tuesday, and a Wednesday, and a Thursday, and a Friday. Who do you say that I am? Can you stay with that? Who do you say that I am? And then don't offer, you know, the disciples' words. You are Christ, the Son of God. Yes, he was right. But if we're just repeating what somebody else said, maybe we're really not getting to our core. Jesus is asking me today, who do you say I am, Claire? Who do you say I am? I want to hear your voice. All of the practices that we'll take a look at at Crossroads over our entire life, our retreat, silent Sabbath, stillness, spiritual direction, contemplative prayer, all kinds of things, right? To help us get out of the divided life that leads to perfection and being a doormat or a machine or feeling like something's missing or detached or fear-based or no limits or hard-nosed or merging. So any of you know our discipleship model of the Enneagram, you might pick up what I'm laying down. So, oh yeah, this is a great quote. I'm going to give it to you. So we're doing a retreat with Salvation Army officers, and one of them said as they were learning new rhythms. So if I just keep doing what I'm doing, I'll keep getting what I got. There you go. So... Jesus had questions to live an undivided and holy life. Can we please hear them today? Who do you say that I am? What do you want me to do for you? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Do you love me? How much bread do you have? What is your name? Who touched me? Just take a moment and allow which question seems to be kind of bolded for you or seems to be rising up for you to pay attention to. You can write it down, put it in your phone. you get to have time with that later. See, the reason Jesus taught in parables and asked questions is because he was trying to get us to drop the plow in our own soul, not to repeat back what somebody else found out. Right? And there are practices that actually help us stay attentive to questions, and spiritual friendship is one of them. And I'm going to ask my friends to start to pass the cards out. You're all going to get a little card to go home with today. They're right here on the on the. What, what do we call that, Don? Is it an octagon, a hexagon, a something-something? Parallelogram. Parallelogram. And so I'm going to ask you to hold this card, but don't read it right now, okay? Can you do that, everybody? Just hold the card, but don't read it right now? Because it's something that you're going to take home and say, I wonder if there's someone that could be a spiritual friend to me, um, as Kelly was describing her friendships with people that helped her reconstruct. Because, you know, when I hear people say they're deconstructing their faith, Scott and I always like to say, and do you have a plan for reconstruction? Right? Because it is beautiful to live into the questions that God is giving you now. And we want to create a life that can reconstruct God's love in our lives. And that's a little card that you might say, huh, you pray over it and say, who could be my spiritual friend that could hang out with me at a Starbucks or in the backyard or take a walk in the woods or, you know, meet with me after church on Sunday and have a meal? Oh, that could take a whole... (laughs) But let's talk about the practice of spiritual direction. Can you all say spiritual direction? A spiritual director has been trained academically and in prayer, practice, and suffering to understand the soul's development. An SD, spiritual director, is an experienced listener who companions, asks beautiful questions, and helps you discern the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life, allowing you to become yourself made in God's image. We all need spiritual friends Um, And the the, the art of spiritual direction actually formed for pastors uh, and uh, monks and nuns back in the olden days because they were helping everybody, and they were not doing okay. That doesn't happen anymore in 2023. But every pastor needs a spiritual director. I want you to know your pastors have spiritual directors. And the reason we do is because we have blind spots. We have hot spots, right? And so we want to be well in our soul, and we want, to provide, um, we want to provide space for people to know that this is a normal practice. So I just want to say that spiritual direction um, is not just for pastors. And on these last two years in your house, we have trained 25 new spiritual directors over a two-year period, People who are in business, people who are therapists, pastors, missionaries who serve Italy, Cuba, uh, the, uh, the prison system. Um, we, have, we have people who came online and in person in your house because one of the things that we've noticed in the, what is it, Scott, 40% decline in church attendance is people, when they're deconstructing, they don't trust the church again. And I gotta tell you, Christ weeps. Because Christ gave us the body so we could be well. Amen. You know, even when we sing, I speak the name of Jesus over depression, you know what else? You know what else happens? Is that God gives therapists the ability to sit with people in depression, and doctors the ability to sit with people in depression in the name of Jesus. And so I want to say to you. Spiritual direction is for all of us. If you feel, um, if you feel uh, at all divided, you maybe start with spiritual companionship. But then talk to us. Uh, talk to three of your pastors who are graduating today: uh, Hannah Matson, and Stacy Livingston, and Scott. And I want to say, you know, don't you love pastors who don't think they know everything and they go back to school again and again and again so that they can keep becoming who God made them to be? I just think that's, that's like hope for the world. Many of you know my story, and I went to spiritual direction because at 40 years old, I was deconstructing, and so was my body. My body, you know, I'd been diagnosed with MS, and I needed a spiritual director to sit with me, Adele Calhoun and say, Claire, where are you carrying your grief in your body? And she actually helped me to heal because of that question. She taught me how to breathe. She taught me how to go into silence. She taught me how to write a rule of life. And she gave me a love for spiritual direction, but then that became uh, something that was a non-negotiable for me to learn so that I could be a better listener. And with that, I came out of there and I got to know my peer supervision group. Mary Laurie Pat, can you come on up? And later joined with my, my bestie, Jill, who she and I had been studying spiritual direction around the same time and went to the same spiritual direction school. And out of these people, we actually welcomed some others into the faculty and some of them came online some of them came in person these are professors and doctors therapists and uh, and listeners and they've taught the two years here maybe you didn't know that here's something wild Kelly Finn's coming into our next two-year cohort look out Kelly you're about to reconstruct again and there might be some deconstruction no no one can tell And so the beauty of this group of people is that then, through our regular learning, they had practices every month. They had books they had to read every month. This was no joke, everybody. By the way, I made this little map. (laughs) Still an artist after all these years. And um, just to identify what we had walked through together over the two years. And some of our folks that are graduating today, they wept over what happened in them in month February or month June, right? And so I'm gonna welcome all of the students who are here in the room to come on up and Scott's gonna actually bring uh, the, um, the computer where a few of them are on Zoom. And these folks, we're gonna stand in a line right here, the faculty, right? Come up. Yep. And then we're going to ask our students to make a circle around us. They can do that. They're very talented. They're about to graduate. These are brilliant humans. So they're going to make a circle around you. So if you, from front to back, so you guys are going to want to stay closer to the table. Back, nope, like in the middle of the table. Yep, so they can get all the way around you. And then they're going to face you. So we're going to need some students that go right here and face you all the way. I know you guys know how to make a circle. Direct each other. You're spiritual directors now, for goodness sake. Yeah. Yeah. So some of you will be, yeah. Okay. Can I tell you what the church is supposed to be? It's really simple. I learned it from Andy Stanley. We're not supposed to draw lines. We're supposed to make circles. And when people feel like there's been a line drawn, you're not in, we're in. You can't be, we're in. Now, the church is supposed to create circles. So when 40% of us don't want anything to do with the church anymore, it means we're not making good enough circles. we got to create some circles to surround people. And so as... As we pray, I'm going to ask you all to stand. Would you guys reach your hands toward these people who are going to be listening to the souls of people who want to be welcomed in? That they've been lined out, they've been marginalized, they don't know if God loves them anymore. And these folks are saying, We want to commit our lives to listening. And so together we're anointing you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We're blessing your head, your heart, your body. We're trusting that God will give you the ability to listen and hear the voice of the one who loves you and loves them. We're identifying the gift and the charism of a listener in you. The grace and the willingness to be humble and to change. The humility to get down in the dirt of your own reality and those you're accompanying. From the youngest to the oldest. We're blessing your desire. We see the Holy Spirit in you. We've seen the Holy Spirit move through you and affect us. We've seen you deconstruct and reconstruct. We've seen you say yes to God. We've observed you asking for the invitation, not the temptation. We've seen the grace of saying, it depends. I think I'll write a rhythm of life a little different. We've seen you cross borders to get where God was leading you. We've watched the hold loosen and the heart widen. We've seen you birth babies (laughs) and keep coming forward to serve other people. We've cried together we've wandered together and we've cheered each other on. We've been through the dark night together, prepared for great light and miracles taking us from Marshall and expanding into Chicagoland. We've marveled that a physician wants to become a listener, in ways that can heal body and soul. And so together, all of us, we will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. And all my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. So as we give them a gift, we're going to sing together what the purpose of the church is. Uh, Our friend, Professor Mary Darling, likes to say that... She's a Micah 68 Christian. We're going to sing it. And we're going to send you all out with this beautiful call on the church's life.
4: It all comes down.